We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined as always by Darius, and Mike may or may not be joining us. He's at Staples right now handling post-game of a game where the Lakers went up 2-1 in the series and flexed their muscles a little bit, especially in that second half. It was 43-40 to at halftime. It was a slugfest. Good old Eastern Conference basketball, 90s Eastern Conference basketball. Yeah, man. Eastern Conference in 2021. A lot of deflections on LeBron. I think LeBron had five turnovers in the first half. And then in that third quarter, man, AD banged up his knee. LeBron started attacking the rim. AD had 18 points, I think, in that third quarter. And they really flexed. We saw the first real flash of what this team can be. And that's even still without three-pointers falling. We had 20 turnovers tonight. We shot 25% from three. And yet, that third quarter really showed a lot of what's the best about this team. Game two showed the blueprint for how the Lakers' physicality could start to sort of really make an impact in, in this series, right? Like, But we talked about how the Lakers weren't really even finishing that well. And LeBron still wasn't attacking the rim that much. And so they got by on getting to the foul line, AD sort of converting some of his inside shots, but still sort of shooting jumpers a little bit more. Um, Drummond and Schroeder were more impactful in game two, just with their ability to to sort of threaten the basket more and, and score from their side, right? But 
this game showed the difference between, oh, that's a good game from Dennis and that's a good game from Drummond to, oh, that's a great Anthony Davis game and a great LeBron stretch, right? And and the seal and how high, how much higher the ceiling goes up when it's your superstars who are doing the damage rather than like your sort of second tier sort quote unquote stars, right? Like Drummond's no longer a star. Dennis, I think has aspirations to be like an elite point guard, but, but he sort of a, a really good quality starter, I think in this league. And so he can make an impact, but when it's LeBron deciding, you know what? F this man, like I'm getting to the basket now. It, doesn't matter what Phoenix is doing defensively. I'm getting there. And AD, Pete, that third quarter from AD was maybe, I don't want to say the longest in-game stretch that I've seen from him be dominant, but it was a special type of just running and filling middle lane and getting to the offensive backboards, like a bunch of effort stuff right that that it's like the way that Dwight Howard played last year right and so AD was wearing like two hats almost like I'm wearing the Anthony Davis hat and I'm wearing the hard hat this is what like role players do hat next to Drummond too because Drummond plays hard every game and there was one play I think in the in the second quarter where uh where AD grabbed an offensive rebound and kind of banged into Drummond and knocked him out of the way. But I was laughing because that that rarely ever happens because usually you're naturally out of position on the offensive boards and you have two Lakers kind of crashing into each other because they've overwhelmed Phoenix's defense and their defensive rebounding efforts. And so when you've got that version of Anthony Davis next to a big physical and relentless guy like Drummond, you see the defense's walls start to crumble. And we saw that with AD making those plays. That point you made about sprinting to the front of the rim, he's either going to score or it's going to open up things for everybody else. LeBron had two early third quarter transition baskets, right? Like they weren't outright fast break layups, but it was pushing. Early offense. Mm -hmm. And on both of those, it was AD who ran center lane, right? Like, And he almost served like a fullback, right? He he was clearly running to get the ball himself, but there was no passing angle there. So on the first Braun layup, Braun got all the way to the basket and AD sort of scre- walled off Aiton at the very end of that drive so that Braun could get that left-handed layup up. The second one, though, AD ran all the way down and Braun was a little bit behind the action there with, with AD. But Braun still sort of got back to to his right hand and shot that little shot off off of the glass. And suddenly it's an 8-0 run right out of the gate for the Lakers. And it was that it was go time for LeBron in that second half where I thought he said to to himself, we're not losing this game. What was the difference? Because this is the second game in a row. Same thing happened in game two, where we came out real hot to start the third quarter. So that that speaks well to the adjustments. What was the difference specifically on the offensive end? Because both teams had a hard time getting it out of the mud in the first half. But in that second half, we really broke it open. 
I thought the first play that Braun scored on in the third third quarter, I thought was just an instrumental play for setting the tone for for that half. High screen and roll, but with I think AD set the screen and Drummond is in the right hand dunker spot, and LeBron split split the screen. So they typically been running. They've been running side screen and roll with Braun and AD to to sort of do it on an open an open side of the court. But and at the top of the floor, he's been running much more screen and roll with Drummond and having AD space to to the corner. Right. And so I thought it was very interesting that they ran high screen and roll, I think, with LeBron and AD. Did did I see that correctly? They did, yes. And so Drummond's in the right-hand dunker spot. And typically, and I said this in sort of in my first half analysis, that Phoenix has really been shrinking the floor and not really giving LeBron driving lanes. And Aiton has always been lurking there as a contester. And LeBron's decision-making at this stage of his career isn't, I'm just going to go over the top of every seven-footer that's in the league, right? Like that was 28-year-old. LeBron this is 36 year old LeBron and even though he still has the ability to get to to the basket and and finish he's much better at timing that stuff out when the help is actually just a step away and so he split the screen and he changed the timing of when the help would be there and a second adjustment was that Drummond circled he he did like the hockey behind the net thing right where relocating from one dunker spot to the other yeah yes and that you could tell when he moved and started to go underneath the basket Aiton turned his head and looked like oh he's moving I have to sort of account for him now and when he did Braun was right on top of him already and you could tell Aiton was a bit surprised that LeBron was right at the front of the rim already finishing and I thought one of the things, so that was one little adjustment of sort of occupying Aiton a little bit more. And when Aiton was on AD, AD was doing an excellent job of sort of floating outside the painted area and occupying Aiton in, in, in a way where the help angles were not as good for him. And Braun in tandem with that was just saying I'm getting to to the rim and I'm thinking I can beat the help there and I thought it was just super important to occupy Aiden in in a way where he was not as stationary a defender and and standing there in in a way where Braun sees him right away when he's initiating his well his drive but but what were you seeing for me it was it was for me, it was mentality. That yeah. that third quarter was important for for me beyond just that stretch. In that, remember in game two, we were happy about the win, how they closed it out. But it's like uh, LeBron took what three shots around the rim, just, yeah. you know, barely touched the paint. Was mostly mostly shooting jumpers, and on the heels of his high ankle sprain degree of. How much is continued into that first half? And when he was driving, he was not looking to score. And the way Phoenix defended it was a little differently in that they were playing him to pass. Probably more than I've seen in any of his playoff games as a Laker thus far. They were playing him when he drove to the rim, expecting him to 
throw those skip passes and spray it around the court. They were. And they were getting deflections off of that. And LeBron recognizing that overplay in that direction and being able to turn it toward, I'm going to get my head down and get to the front of the rim to start the third quarter. The fact that he was capable of changing speeds like that was really encouraging even beyond this game. I thought tempo, the tempo the Lakers played with this, this game was probably their best of the entire series and was reminiscent of the tempo that they played with during most of their playoff run last season and and it's less walking the ball up the court more just sort of hunting early yeah, offense good on that chances and and just getting into their stuff much faster and phoenix was a top what six or seven defensive team they're good they're good on that end especially when they have a chance to set their base up right yeah they're good in a way that if we're able to get past them they will have been wonderful preparation for the later rounds of the playoffs too. They're exactly the type of defense we needed to see in the first round of the playoffs in order to be ready for the second round, the conference finals and beyond knock on wood. So yeah, Phoenix is, and it's especially with their ability to be, to get deflections and they're precise defensively. They don't blow a lot of rotations. We may get open shots as a function of talent, as a function of a guy like LeBron or even a Drummond or AD drawing too, but Rarely do they make mistakes defensively that beat themselves. Well, to speak to that point, Pete, they're they're leaving guys open. They're purposefully shrinking yeah. the paint in in a way to make some of their rotations easier and also to make it so that, okay, well, this is the shot we're comfortable giving up, right? It it rem- again, I made this comp the last pod or two pods ago. But they remind me a fair amount of Denver in in that way. By the end of that Denver series, Denver was selling out on on packing the paint. And they were just like, look, KCP, Rondo, and like any of your Danny Green, like if you guys are going to hit 35, 40% of your threes, then we're going to tip our cap. Right. But we're not going to surrender layup after layup after layup the way that Portland did and the way that Houston did. Right. Because LeBron and AD were living at the rim in those first two series. Well, in last year's playoffs. And so Phoenix has decided it's clear. Kyle Kuzma, you can shoot these corner corner threes. Casey, like they're they're closing out hard on KCP. For the, like, because you can tell by his mm-hmm. shot volume, right? KCP, he got up, I think, nine shots the first game and and seven or eight shots the second game. He had one shot attempt, I think, in the first half. So some of that is he's not as quick to pull the trigger, but some of that is like, hey, there's defense around him. But Wes Matthews was taking wide open shots bro kyle kuzma was taking wide we've gotten a lot of open shots they're they're closing out short on schroeder every single time right and they're like they're playing him for the drive exclusively they're not they're pressing up on mark when he wants to pass but they're letting him shoot the open three and they're giving ad the three ball too and all of that is is to make it so that those driving lanes are non-existent. And so I thought the tempo that the team was was playing with to say, yeah, you know what? We're not going to let you get set. 
up. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And and lock into your base where all your rotations are sharp. Like Miles Bridges looked off balance that entire third third quarter because of the the speed and angles that LeBron was attacking him at that were just different from the first two and a half games well of this series. The ability to push the pace like that against a team that's so good when they're set up has, I, I thought, affected them on the offensive end as well. So let's take a quick break. I want to come back, see... Phoenix was less potent on the on the offensive end in this game, and I want to get into some of the reasons why. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. Credit Karma money. Progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com backslash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. So we were hoping in our preview for Game 3 that the Lakers get would get some home cooking with their shooters in particular. All those open shots that KCP and Kuz and Wes have in particular would start to fall down because they're at home in a gym they're more familiar with. It didn't work out that way. No, not so much. Wes not had so a little stretch. Wes, Wes had a stretch for sure. Two two big threes to break the game open, really. Like I thought those were super important shots. It really impacted that run there but no 100 percent. and it put a cap on that and it speaks to the unreached levels of what this team can be 
is when the jumpers start falling and like y'all are watching it just as we are these guys are open and it's those shots where you're like oh you, you can feel the swell of the crowd of anticipation that he's gonna knock down this open three and then like ah, oh, he missed it but so that didn't work out for us but what did work out for us is their shooters did not translate they had several guys. They missed open threes too, to a, to a large extent. But I did think that we did a nice job on Aiton. He had another eleven for fifteen night. Um, in with the starters in particular, I don't know if you can pull this up. Not to put you on the spot right this second, but the the starters' net rating in this series must be fantastic. And I think part of that is because our ability to show on guards, but then get back to Aiton. I'm curious what you saw. We talked a lot about this in the preview regarding defending Aiton and limiting him a little more. How did you think we did on that front? I thought they were better, especially in the second half. The tricky thing is, is that these same problems are going to exist all series, Pete. And Aiton, Aiton's motor has impressed me this series. Like, and when a big who is as athletic as him has as good a touch as him, like there's a reason why he was the number one pick pick in the draft, right? Like this isn't a Hashim mm-hmm. to beat. Hey, he was the number guy, two pick in the right? draft, you know? Yeah, but For I'm sure. just saying that the skill, the skill level that Aiton possesses in comparison to a guy like that Night is, is just sure. much, much higher, much higher. And so Aiton is just a load down there and he's got good hands he's got a soft touch and he really finishes well around the basket and so this is going to be an issue that the lakers are going to have to fight through the entire season one of the things i thought the team was doing better was that they were really collapsing down once the ball got fed to ayton and i thought braun in particular was just like look i'm gonna read this better because once the ball is going towards the basket then the ball's not going to be sprayed out to miles bridges and braun was doing a he scrammed i he might it was either dennis or kcp early in the game but he scrammed him out of the post in order to pick up ayton and then kicked his man back out to Bridges. And Aiton got a little post catch and Braun poked it away. And then now the big is coming back down and they started to swarm him. And Aiton is not yet a guy that is comfortable sort of like gathering and getting wide and getting guys off of his back in order to go up and finish. He is very much so like, oh, there's pressure around me. I'm Mm -hmm. kicking the ball out. And that's what the Lakers want. They want you to reset. And so I thought some of those plays where they just surrounded him a little bit more, a couple of times he got stuck in there with both Drummond and AD because AD also started to feel like, oh, Jay Crowder, you're not a threat this game. You're not making threes. Right. And so AD started to lurk off his man a little bit more and pressure around the basket a little bit more. And so even though Aiton was really good again, it wasn't like, oh, everything that he's making is literally an uncontested layup or or a dunk. He had to finish over guys a little bit more this this game and credit to him. He did finish more more of those, but it wasn't the 
the layup line that it had been for the first couple of games. I thought Kuz was important in defending Aiton in this game, in part because we yeah. did start in the last pod, we talked about pull and help side. Vogel did that a little bit more in Kuz can do that with size. There's like a lid on the basket for him. Uh, I was laughing with a basketball on on Twitter earlier about yeah, like oh yeah, like he was saying that he's got a witch's curse on him. He had that one putback, a series of putbacks, right? Where he must have missed three, four in a row, point blank at the rim, uh, and then finally hit that three right at the end of the game that hopefully gets the lid off for him. But he played through a bad shooting night, but was really helpful on the defensive end. I think that's in part reflected in his plus minus. I think it was a plus twelve, plus fourteen, something like that. By the way, I've got those lineup stats for you now. So through this series, Lakers starters have played four and 42 minutes together over the three-game period. Offensive rating of 123, defensive rating of 101.2. Oof. So we're at what, plus 21 in point Plus 21.8. Yeah. Yes. And so the next closest lineup, Pete, has only played 13 minutes together. But that's the Braun... AD, Dennis, Casey, So that's our small ball lineup. Yeah, what's that? You want to know those numbers? 117.4 offensive rating, defensive rating, 88. Plus 29.4 net rating. It's really important that we've found a small ball 80 at the five lineup that works in this series because Mark's having a tough time. He was, uh, I think, a minus 11 in this game in a game we won by, by 14. And... That inclusion of Caruso with that group, one of the problems with just having AD in the game is those are the periods of the game where Aiton's really kicked our ass. And so having a little more size, Caruso's able to stand him up and just be a little more physical. He's drop, He drops down and gets those blocks on help rotations. That, line, that lineup in particular, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how our AD at the five units have been better the last couple of games, aside from the obvious of AD himself has been significantly better. Yeah, well, but it does start For with sure. AD, right? Because he, he is the engine of those lineups. And we take Braun for granted here too. But look, Braun's rebounding his presence on both as a paint presence and being able to close out and still contain, like, that's super important. Caruso's like the bridge because he is the guy that's in the middle there. You've got physical dominance with LeBron and AD, and then you've got quick, like, just elite quickness with KCP and Dennis. So those guys are flying all over the court, but they're doing it, they're, they're like sports cars. And so if Braun and AD are sort of monster trucks in this analogy and Dennis and KCP are like your Porsche and your Corvette, like Tokyo Drift, just turn in the corner and and they're exploding. AC is like the freaking Dodge Charger. He is the dude who's sort of in between that. He is he he plays with physicality as a guard at the point of attack, but he does not mind getting down there and battling with the big dudes on the glass. He will stick his chest in there and his nose in there on post-ups. I go back to the Denver series and the Lakers were totally comfortable getting Alex Caruso switched on to Nikola Jokic at the nail 
they know that Jokic is is going to do work there, but they also know that Alex is not going to budge, that he's not going to give him easy angles. He's not going to gamble for a steal and do a reach around when he tries to spin. He's he's never going to give you a leverage point in order to to get open. And and so Alex being able to play basically from the dotted line area all the way to the three-point line with a certain amount of physicality as a guard. That's super important for a small ball group that still wants to hang their hat on their defense. And as sports cars, that's not something that Dennis or KCP can do even if they want. And so he that's a great description of his ability to fit in those spaces in between. And when he's switched on to an Aiton or a Jokic, He's going to give ground, but his job is to to hold it for as long as possible for that second guy to swoop in. AD had a block in game two that was yes. like that down the stretch where AD just held his ground and and, and uh, I'm sorry, AC just held his ground and AD sw- uh, swooped in and got that that block. So we now have two lineups that are really working against this team. Going forward, we're not going to do a preview pod for game four. We're going to have a couple of days off, come back on Monday. So I'd love to hear a couple of minutes. It's a 1230 game. That worries me a little bit. I do wonder how much that plays into how ready we are for any particular game. But this is, we could really put the series away, I think, yeah. in game four. What do we need to do to make that happen? Well, first of all, look, I'm a bit concerned about KCP's health. Yeah, he, they called it a quad contusion on the replay. It sort of looked like his knee a little bit, right? And he was questionable to come back, and he didn't. And 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 so the game was going in a certain direction where you probably didn't need him to come back, which I thought was very helpful for just all of this, right? Um, AD's knee, but post game, he was talking to Chris Haynes on the TNT feed, and he said that he's like, Haynes asked him, like, hey, how are you feeling physically? Like, your knee, and AD just brushed that off entirely, right? He said, you know better than that, Chris. Like, I'm good. I'm good to go. Like, was a little sore, but we got two days off. I'm getting my treatment. Like, I'm going to be fine, basically. And, And so, health to me is is so important here especially like look at chris paul man like he tumbled down this this game instantly grabbed his shoulder and then after that was a non-factor the rest of the game and and so health is going to play a key part in this but in terms of schematics and everything else like i'm going to channel my inner mike here right mike's not here so let me channel mike a little bit come on guys you know lebron and ad and as those guys go, if they've got the energy and they play hard, then the Lakers are can physically overwhelm this Suns team. And it's all going to start with, do they have the requisite verve to start the game? And if they do, then they're going to position themselves well to, to outlast and sort of wear down well, this Suns team. I actually like that game three was chippy. Yes. Yes. Because it's, I think that's going to carry over a little bit of a mindset that the Lakers need to have. We actually want to beat this team. We, we want to put them out of their misery. We like, we want to put them down. It's unlikely that we come out in game four 
sleepwalking in part because of that, right? They've gotten our attention. They've they've woken us up. I also think that tonight's game, that second half in particular, you know, there's there's that clip that Harrison clipped and it's all out of context now of where I was talking in the finals last year and saying that's what the film room does, right? Is that yeah. it, uh, it shows some things that you can't do about. I think that we are getting closer to the point of the series where Phoenix doesn't have many alternatives, doesn't have many adjustments to go to. You notice Sharge didn't play tonight. They played Kaminsky instead because we were kicking Sharge's ass in those first two Whoa, games. Well, they just kicked Kaminsky's ass too. That's what I'm saying though. Yeah. Right? Is if you're in Monty Williams' shoes, what do you do now? And that there are no real good answers from what I've seen. I haven't done the rewatch yet. We're recording this right after the game. But just from watching that second half, there was a certain amount of cracking the code in that second half that I think should carry forth with the proper rec- with the requisite energy and effort and respect for the opponent and all of that. They got to bring it against this team. This Phoenix team is not going to quit. We saw that down the stretch of this game. Yeah. But if we do that, I think we're in really good shape. Yeah. I just think that it all has to start with energy and focus. They bring the right energy, they bring the right focus and they will be prepared to play a high level high stakes playoff game, right? Because all of these games are high stakes. It doesn't matter now that you're up 2-1. If you lose this next game, it's 2-2 and Phoenix has home court advantage again. In a best out of three, that's right. Right, and you're going to have to win again on the road in a packed building. I would, the Lakers would love, I think, to say, let's close this out in five, right? And let's, start these playoffs the way that they started last year's playoffs, which is, and through three games and, uh, and obviously this is impacted a lot by Chris Paul's sort of inability to, to be the player that he's been for them the entire regular season. And that's a shame for the Suns because you know that as the number two seed and with the way that they're fighting now, they would love to have Paul as a compliment. And they might even go to some three-guard lineups themselves, right, against that small ball group that the Lakers is playing and say, all right, well, we'll play Bridges and Ayton, right, and Booker, Paul, and Campaign. And, and let's see if you guys can keep up with the speed and all of the craft and, and the scoring ability. But they haven't been able to go to that, right, because of Paul's in. But the Lakers are now playing with enough force. And that's, we talked about it in our preview pod, right? That it's like, this was going to be the strength of Phoenix's guards versus the strength of the Lakers front court. And Chris Paul's injury has made it so that their guards are a little less strong. Mm-hmm. And as this, and as the series has progressed, AD now back-to-back 30-plus point double-doubles, right? He had six offensive rebounds this game. He was a monster on the backboards. Drummond is doing enough out there to say, man, this dude's a positive contributor. He is he is battling on the offensive glass. What Like, what did he have tonight? He had 11 rebounds himself. Three of those on mobile on the offensive glass. So the Lakers had nine offensive rebounds themselves, 
just between AD and Drummond. They had 15 yeah. as a team. Pete, they had 15 offensive rebounds, and the Suns only had 27 defensive rebounds. Yeah. That's tough math to beat, and it's in line with the way the rest of the series has gone. Our our offensive rebounding rate has been through the roof. And and so the Lakers have to win the possession game in some way, shape, shape, or form. And mm-hmm. look, Phoenix is typically not a high turnover team, but tonight they had 17 turnovers. They surrendered 15 offensive rebounds. So that's how the Lakers are winning by double digits or close to double digits. And game, so game two got got close, but the Lakers were up double digits, eight, 10 points. Phoenix came back and made it a really good game and took the lead, but the Lakers took control again. And they were doing this, man, like shooting... 20% 20% from three, 24% from three for the series. That's how you, the, if the Lakers were shooting even league average on mm-hmm. threes, mm-hmm. and then when you think of the shot quality too, like the level of shooting that they've exhibited has been horrendous when you consider the shot quality. It's yeah, horrendous tonight. in general, just at the percentages. But when you talk about the shot quality, it's even worse. Mm-hmm. And so if... Game, what I'm looking for game game four is can Kuz, KCP if he's healthy, Wes, even Caruso, right? AD, if those three or four or five players combined can hit 10 or 11 or 12 threes across those sort of other guys, the Lakers can win in a blowout. If they continue to play with effort and physicality and and dominate the possession game the way that they've been able to by working the offensive glass and being disruptive defensively in in a way that Phoenix has not been able to maintain. Yeah, they can't beat against. They can't beat us if we're hitting a dozen threes or, or, or plus. I. You know, if, if you've been listening to the show for the last few weeks, you've heard me be a little on the worried side. And my worry has been very much tied to time. I wasn't sure if we had enough time to get up to speed to where we've needed to be. The Golden State game, the play-in game, was that was a point where they had been playing playoff intensity basketball for 20 games. And... Andre Drummond and LeBron James were still getting to know each other in a basketball stance. And that is still true. And even after we won that game, we said, hey, we're not out of the woods yet. We still need to, we still need more time together. And this first series in particular is going to be really tough because we're not quite there yet. We're that car that's merging onto the freeway, trying to keep up with the car that's already going 75 miles an hour. We might might have the faster car overall, but it's going to take a little bit of time to catch up. And the more time that goes by, and seeing LeBron play the way that he did tonight with the level of athleticism, pop, the ability to attack the rim, the cohesion that we're building with Drummond, seeing how I, – I wasn't worried that they were going to compete or that LeBron would try to figure it out and find a way. But we're getting more and more of that familiarity where even going into the playoffs, if we had – two more weeks, three more weeks, I would have been much more positive. Like, hey, we've, we're in a good spot. I am seeing us skip grades, so to speak, to be able to catch up to where we need to be. 
I am very encouraged on what this team can be going forward. I, I'm curious if you have any more longer term in, in viewing this series so far. We talk so much about that cohesion and all that. What's your and final thoughts? What's your view on that in the big picture of not just what this team is, but what we think it could be? Well, look, that time together is important. What's also important is Dennis starting to get his rhythm back. This was, right. I thought, his most complete game the lakers let go of the rope there a little bit in the fourth quarter they were up 17 lebron was just joking around man he was sort of like talking trash to jay crowder and but there's seven and a half minutes left in the game right like this game's far from over and suddenly the suns are within eight and you're sort of just like uh, all right like I won't share our group text messages, but they were not. They, <laughs> the they clock management great. kills me. It kills me. It kills me. The clock management. You don't need to take a quick shot when you're up by 12 with two and a half minutes left in the game. Like run some clock, live to fight another play. Yeah, they were killing me in that stretch. But I thought Dennis, he drew a foul. Yeah, He hit that. He turned down that three-pointer and then walked into... A contested, but mm-hmm. eight, 18, 20 foot jumper that they got a good contest on, but he buried that and it That's sort right. of settled the team down a little bit. And so if you're asking me about long term stuff, it's okay. Is LeBron looking healthy enough? Yes. Is a D stringing together engaged games? Yes. That's right. Drummond is really starting to sort of find his niche. Okay, Dennis is out of the protocols now, been back for almost three weeks, and it's time for him to start to be able to say, I'm getting comfortable a little bit more. So long term, those are four of your starters. And those and all of those guys are good to great players. I would feel much better if. KCP would have had a bounce back game by now. Or if Kuz was sort of showing that he was ready to make more of an offensive impact while his role is being reduced as much as it is. Because you could tell he's not quite in a rhythm yet for what's being asked of him in terms of like, yeah, you may not touch the ball for four or five possessions. And then you're going to get an open three. I'd like for you to make that. See, he got 12 shots in this game, though. I agree with you with him on games one and games two, but he had enough to get into rhythm. To me, with KCP and Kuz, it's more of a, you got to make your shots and this is going to happen. Darius, you've been talking about this for how long? The we might very well go cold in a series. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? This is just part of who we are. And so that's something that... I'm less concerned about that because he is getting quality looks. They are getting shots that will fall if they keep taking them. The thing, though, that I would say I'm most encouraged about, and it's something that we haven't really talked about yet in in real depth. We have some, but it's the defense. And Mike, we are about to wrap up, but you're here now. And so it's Mike. I just want to say hi. I just 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 want to say hi. (laughs) <laughs> you just wanted to say what you just texted us. You just wanted to hop in and, and just get that little part in, man. What you got? No, I, I look, 
I'm not going to come in at the end of the pod and try to give you some thought. You guys just, I'm sure, recorded a brilliant episode. I here, I can't wait to listen. You know, I really can't. Can I get a sneak preview? Can I? Can you guys send me the audio before it goes out live? Because I, I, I want to hear your thoughts. I, I know a guy that could hook you up with that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hook me up with that. Hook me up with that. Um, for, for real though, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you a summary. I will, if you want to, if you want to give me like a, um, a quick directive question, I'd be happy to, uh, happy to supply an answer. Well, Mike, I was just about, <laughs> because we haven't really hit on this yet and it was sort of a closing thought from me, but I thought in terms of long-term projection for this team and what is encouraging to us right now, the Lakers defense and the swarming nature in which they are playing defense, Pete and Mike, it is, that's what's encouraging to me, right? So we could talk LeBron, we could talk AD, we could talk Dennis and, and Andre starting to find a good flow and that starting group really starting to gel, right? And what that means offensively is great, but this is a Frank Vogel team that makes it a defensive team. And the Suns have had little to no answers for what the Lakers have been doing to them defensively and that ability to swarm and be big. And we can talk about, Oh, well, Aiton's done this and, and, Booker's done that, and oh, campaign has had some impactful moments here and there. But what did Phoenix score tonight? Ninety-five points. They and, scored. And it was 99. really, it was really like it was like seventy-seven with five minutes left, right until garbage time. You know. And they scored ninety-nine in game one, and what ninety in game two? The level at which the late this was a top ten offense, guys. And I know Chris Paul's injury plays into this, but the defensive intensity and ability to sort of just meet the moment has been is is something that if they can continue to play at this level defensively, they're going to be difficult to beat, regardless of how well their offense performs. Yeah. So, and I think the one element I would add guys from just being here uh, and I got a, I got a chance to be in red zone for the first time tonight. So I got to be a little bit closer and feel a, a little bit more perspective on what the, the crowd is. And it, it so plays into the Lakers defense now. So like now the way that makes so much it, sense. Yes. And like, if you, you, what I was so bummed about last year, guys, and especially not just the way the team defended, but especially coming off of everything they had to deal with, with Kobe, and the fans and how they think they would have lifted the players and vice versa. And just this sort of synchronicity of energy and effort and like the Mamba mentality stuff that to me felt, that's what it felt like tonight again. And even though whatever it ends up being like 8,000 fans. So the Lakers, that's the hammer that they can go to if they're missing threes, if they're, if they're turning the ball over, whatever, like the fans are now able to provide that lift here in this building um, that I think so plays into what they do. And then, guys, the only other main takeaway was to me is just LeBron. I'm sure you talked about it, but LeBron's third quarter yeah. going to the Look rim. Great. We spent a lot of time in the first two about how he'd only gone to the paint. I think like he had four attempts in game one, three in game two, and he had 12 tonight. So like LeBron still having that in his bag, AD now with the consistent aggressiveness plus the defense, 
you know, I think that it's, you can kind of have those thoughts of grandeur again, which I know some people were nervous about after the first playoff game. I I was saying right before you hopped on, Mike, that my biggest concern with the team was time. I've been lauding how much talent they have all season. It's just a matter of, do we have enough time to bake the cake? And seeing every day that passes, every game that passes where we can push through, I'm a little more encouraged because we have had a little more time for that. So a really a, a great night. Thank you for hopping in. Thanks for the great background views of Staples, man. It's a a, a romantic scene that you paint. Thank on, you. Let Scroll me, up. Let me yeah. get you the yeah. Let me get you the banners. Yeah, there you no, go. That's the that's framing. a good. Hold on, Mike. Can I have your permission to screenshot this uh, oh, for for the sure. peoples? Can I? Do you right, want cool. the? Do you want here? This is probably a. Do you want the court view or do you I want, want the? Uh, let's get both. Banners. Let's get both. All right. Let's All right. pose for the. Here we go. All right. Here's one. Got the mask on, looking handsome. Look at you. All right, let's get a retired jersey shot. I feel like a model right now. Yeah. Oh, you are a model, Mike. Look at this. Oh, and all the banners, too. And your perfectly coiffed hair. That was perfect. Thank you. People are going to enjoy that. All right, (laughs) y'all. Everybody enjoyed the weekend. We got two days off uh, between the next game, next game on Sunday. I always love it when the Lakers have won their last playoff game so I can truly enjoy the other team's playoff games and hate watch and all of the best parts of the NBA playoffs. <laughs> Petty Pete, Petty Pete coming. <laughs> hey, you know me, man. I need to I need to feed that. So, all right, y'all. We'll be back on Monday. Everybody have a good weekend. Go Lakers. You've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front. Broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. Magic fires, it's good, and the Lakers win the game! The Lakers win the game! Three seconds left, that next to the winner, it's on the way, good! Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds, with his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two. Miss it. It's over. Shot clock out of five. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. Add insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good. Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers. James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.